was heartache for Hawks fans last Saturday. The team succumbed to a Richmond side that roared to life late in the piece, one point the final margin. Still, there were plenty of positives to take from the loss, and lots for Hawthorne to carry into their second clash of the season against the Saints. Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. My name is Nick Mason, and joining me as always, a man who has hopefully recovered from the regrettable turn of events last week. Good day, Tiz. Yeah, I only found out about it on the train. Cause, oh, uh... no, you stay <laughs> till the end. <laughs> Oh, I wanted to leave, mate. I wanted to, but because I knew it was coming. No, just... no, we should have won. There should have been. I felt I was sitting there going, just give him enough of a sniff, and then take it down the other end and score. Yeah, I actually thought it was going to be a draw again because we no, had one I... so close in living memory, and I'm sitting there. But there were so many opportunities for us to just kill it. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate the way it played out. I just got a sense that as soon as Richmond got it on a roll, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I've seen this script before. I know but how then this the, is happening. the disappointment was immediately nullified by the fact that Hawthorne had played very well on the day. Well, yeah, that is true. I mean, look, this game was fun until it wasn't. Yeah. It was fun for most of the day. And the fact that they managed to get a run on, and there were a few blokes that went missing under pressure. Mm hmm. And, uh, you know, the, they need to learn from that. Chad Wingard. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. A visceral reaction from you, Tiz. Fantastic start to the day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a sheer ass goal, just a toe poke. It is World Cup season after all. <laughs> so two goal assists as well to go with his three goals one. That's and a it, pretty damn good half. Yeah, but he was, he was doing what we saw him do against North when he first arrived at the club. He was... Mm-hmm. Looking talismanic, and I was thinking, you know, how good's he going to look, leading to, you know, Bailey Smith coming off the wing, or oh, come on, or uh, Liam Ryan handballing to him in traffic, oh, or you've uh, been banging on about all the players, <laughs> all the potential trade targets, our WhatsApp messages, it's just full of it. Grundy tapping it out of the oh rack to God. him. Who else is linked? So, ladies and gentlemen, Tiz has us replacing <laughs> half the team in the off season at this point. That was great at the pub. I, I, I named from the back line oh, Asava Radagalier at fullback. Yeah, at the risk of sounding uh, all Lou Baker, that was Palmer number two for me today. <laughs> oh, God. I know. Really? I don't feel great. No I feel sleepy. You, I thought you looked a bit green. <laughs> Coming across a bit Fergus, you reckon? <laughs> Anyway, Chad Wingard, he had us up and about. He gave something to the team. He gave him an impetus. Yeah. He gave him a belief. Until he nearly didn't. held through to the end of the day. Well, I think it's being slightly generous. He well, went the missing. belief. I'm talking about the belief because yeah, okay. he had one touch after. Yeah, that's halftime. right. He faded badly. So, look, Taylor two halves, clearly for Chad. He, re- he clearly recaptured something very special in that first half, but it just did not come to fruition look, at f- all in the second I mean, the forward line didn't function no. all that well. Uh, what about this game? When you look at it, we were very accurate, mm-hmm. incredibly accurate. Well, it was a nice can, change from the week before. Yeah, because we had oh, this is great. Our expected oh, score. Oh, you love this. You love the expected yeah, score. I, I wrote it off last week, but now it's a good. Oh, stat. it's a good stat. Our expected score was sixty-seven. Okay, so we've done remarkably well. That's we're almost thirty points. Yeah, plus there. ninety-five. Yeah. Richmond's expected score, mm. 101. Okay. All right. 96. Yeah. Um, I think the forward line still needs a lot of work. And if that's the case and we're still scoring 95 and we're mm. only going down by one point, I mean, I know we're being awfully negative with the with the players that we're sort of cherry-picking here, but we need to stay with well, it. Well, I mean, Wingard had one touch after halftime. Brockman had three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce, he had six. Um, you know, and so did Connor McDonald. He had six after halftime. This is a forward line with Finn McGuinness as well. And I understand the role that he was playing, but I, I don't want to see Finn McGuinness in our forward line, please. I, I thought some of his uh, efforts attacking the footy... I thought were he just, kicked a goal. He did kick a goal. Right. Yeah, there's a nice little assist from Chad mm. when things were good. But uh, some of Finn's efforts... Uh, in terms of his endeavour, his intent, and his hunger to attack the footy were not up to scratch. And a lot of those happened right in front of N10. And uh, no, no way. Do not want to see that again. I'm happy there's for There's another the... forward you haven't mentioned. Well, kicked hang, four hang, goals too. Hang on, hang on. Mitch we'll... Lewis, your, your best mate. You love him. Yeah, but I had plenty to say that was negative first before I got to the... Yeah, well, we've got to have a little bit of shine. 
on the Mitch Lewis stuff. Yeah. And then you can go... It's a shot and You can go up to someone who didn't get the ball. <laughs> so you're thinking a nice ebb and flow for this yeah. podcast. Yeah, All right. Well, the last thing I'll say on Finn McGuinness is I'm happy to have him in the side. And I think he's, in fact, necessary, particularly with the Collingwood game in mind as well. Uh, we had a question it's from... The- the all-important Collingwood game. Well, look, that that could turn ugly. We we need something to stop Dacos. Yeah, be arrested. Yeah. Well, if that happens, so be it. But look, we need to have an eye in on that contest with uh, with Finn playing that one. Uh, this question from Neil: Can we honestly afford to have a dedicated tagger who can't hit the side of a barn via handball? I want Finn to do well. Awesome at his main job, but turns it over way too often. He does. Bit of deer in the spotlights with Finn a lot of the time. Well, he's played out of position. He just shouldn't be anywhere near the forward line. It's very hard to find the right position for Finn. Well, it's not there. It's half back or midfield. He has had good games at half back. That's yeah. true. Well, we least... look at that. We look at half back as a point as a fulcrum for the next attack. Yeah. And that is not what he's there for. He's at least played half back. I don't think I've ever seen him in the forward line for, for as long as we did this game. Mm. And it never really, you know, I know he got that goal. But apart from that, it just, yeah, I, I didn't think his efforts were up to scratch. Look, if Sammy had wanted to win this game, we would have won this game. Mm. He could have done a number of things to, well, to I, hamper I, the scoring efforts well, he, he of could, Richmond. He could have we got the boys. We did not flood their forward line. We, we gave them space even mm. in the last 10 minutes. Well, we could have trained for these scenarios, which you know Sam Mitchell confessed to not having done, that we don't train for tight games, which I get it's year two under yeah, Sam Mitchell. Exactly. That's not a priority, what I understand. What I'm saying is he backed that attacking mentality yeah. to work at the death yeah. when their uh, bodies were screaming that they didn't have anything left. Yeah, no, they, right? they went into their shells, Hawthorne, that was clear. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a, you can see how many fellas fell off in the last quarter, yeah. in terms of their touches. But, <clears throat> look, you, I respect him for backing that game plan because we were very close to nailing the door shut on Richmond. Yeah, we were. There were a couple of very good scoring opportunities that didn't fall our way. Mm-hmm. And I think if you win that game, is this is this a bit... I don't know. I don't, so, so you're I don't really the, want to finish this phrase, but I feel like you learn more. Yeah, you're looking at the learning opportunity. From the losing of the game. Look, I'll give you this, because it is year two, fair enough. If this is year three, four, or five under Mitchell... And I and not only do I mean the players learn more, Sam learns a lot from watching which players took it upon themselves to yes. try and get the win. Yeah. Well, and if- when you're looking at people like Chad Wingard who couldn't get near it, that's a big question mark. Mm-hmm. He's had a lot to learn from, Mitchell, this year. GWS, the Crows, well, Richmond. Yeah, but there's a lot. It, you know, it's great to be close, right? Yeah. We shouldn't have been this close. Richmond were very inaccurate and we kicked really well. Yeah, I don't So know. let's keep that in mind as well. I, I thought we played pretty well, to be honest. But I th- there's, I a lot, we... there's a lot of decisions to be made on this list. And yeah. uh, this is exactly the kind of... It's a, it's a bit of courage under fire, isn't it, that you're looking for? If someone stands up, he stays. If you don't, you're very close to falling off the list. Well, you want me to talk about my main man, Mitch Lewis. That was where we were going with this. You got slightly sidetracked. Uh, four goals, two. 14 touches. Uh, to go with that four goals, two, he gave one off as well. One goal assist. And I did message you at the start of the game, you know, in the, the early goings, that... Uh, down the other end of the field where Mitch was stationed, we were, we were kicking to the city end. Yeah, I was, the, I was looking over him and thinking, <laughs> yeah, I'm not seeing what Nick's seeing. Yeah, well, I, I told you he was on. Yeah. I just had that feeling about him and, and he stepped up. I mean, in a one-point loss for a guy to kick four goals too, obviously very important in giving us a fighting chance. Oh, absolutely. What did he have? He had seven scoring involvements. Yep. Um, you know, McDonald had six. Who had the most? Uh, guy I've already mentioned, Chad. I know, Chad. Yep, and nine. all in the first half. Yep. It, it, it's it's spellbinding what he can do and also how quickly he can go missing. So it, it seems to me that there are two locks with the forward line. That's the most in round Wingard 19. <laughs> the most we can say in round 19, there are two dependables. That's More. Lewis, 
No, not more. Not Lewis, more. Lewis and Top Bruce. Top 50 years. According to Champion Data. Okay. Do you buy into Champion Data that much? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, Bruce... We had this discussion at the pub, actually, mm. where I said, can you think of three players in 17 of the other teams that you would draft before Dylan Moore? And we both agreed that we probably could. But my point is, Bruce and Lewis are the locks in a forward line that even at round 19 is still a little bit in flux. And I'll tell you why. It's not just the Finn factor. It is Wingard going missing, certainly. It's Brockman is a dab hand, but he's still very, very young and, and building that experience. But then how are we fitting out that forward line? Well, we've given it a go with Denver, Granger, Barris. And it did not work on this occasion, clearly. No, it didn't work. Donuts for Denver. Can't blame Denver, though. Can't I? Well, Didn't I'm... get a single touch, mate. All right. Yep. But... He played well into the third quarter. He played forward. He played back. He's not a forward. Mm. He did contest well. He bore it to ground. But he wasn't aware of the threat of his man or his, his defender that he was meant to... Ta- I mean, look, it, it, it's... I'm trying to defend something that's very hard to defend. Yeah, you've become a defender. I mean, he had five pressure points oh, for the day. <laughs> Stop, Every, please. Everything else this is, is getting sad now. Everything else is a duck egg. Yeah, it was a shocker. But to me, that's you can't place all of that on Denver. That is a selection issue. And I think throughout the year there have been some horror selections. Okay. So, Or at least where they've been stationed on field has not been good. Well, here's the thing about Denver. According to Sam Mitchell, clearly this is not the way forward, is him being a forward. It's a great the, way to motivate the guy. Well, the, yeah. the trajectory is that he's meant to be a defender. This has been established. So this is a, a brief experiment, a, br- a brief detour that might have run its course at this point. I don't know. I don't imagine he gets selected this week. Not off that. Strangely... As soon as he came off, mm. we lost all dominance in our forward line. Yeah. It meant that they could just double-team Mitch Lewis and run off really quick. But this is what I've been calling for for weeks. It's so, Give me Cozzy again if you have to. I I'm not thrilled with him, but he did just kick four goals in the VFL. A very close game. Brandon Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that, you know that's who I want to see. Good. You know he's the guy. How'd Ned go on the weekend? Won't be seeing him again after some... Oh, he displayed a bit of venom and, and got wrapped over the knuckles immediately. Yep. I mean, it's a kind of physicality that we were craving from Ned Reeves, <laughs> but the AFL has stamped out quick smart. Oh, just so frustrating. Yeah, I think you took one mark Should've for the day. Should have slapped him. <laughs> yeah, that's the way There's out, isn't There's some weird it? stuff going on, isn't there? Yeah, Sicily, three weeks for a tackle, but you can slap someone in the face and that's a week downgraded. Yeah. Amazing, isn't it? When we had Frost in the ruck as well. Not that you knew it. <laughs> well, I mean, I had to be reminded. But yes. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it wasn't something that glittered and I thought, oh, that's a great move or we should continue to do that in future. Well, I Sam Frost had a good game though. Well, no, he, he did. And I think you take that as a small win, the fact that it wasn't catastrophic. It, it worked. <laughs> well... Frost in the ruck Let's on, face on paper. It. Let's face it, Richmond have never really respected the ruck too much. No, but on paper, before that game, if if you had been told Frost in the ruck, yeah. you wouldn't have felt good about it. How did Reeves go, as a matter of fact? 11 hitouts to advantage to 9 to Soldo and uh, 33 to 37 in Reeves' favour in terms of just plain hitouts. So... The thing is, the thing is, the marks around the ground, the ability to be involved in chains. Yeah, it's the impact anywhere else. Hmm. He is elite in one area and deficient elsewhere. So we're saying Meek comes straight in. Uh, Rammer well, will be available for selection. But, yeah, but uh, without match fitness. Two, what's that, three weeks? Yeah, effectively, yeah. Yeah. So, Rama, do you think he could possibly come in for DGB or are you still thinking um, Brandon Ryan comes I, in? I, I would say Ryan. Yeah. I mean, we are playing... Box Hill have a a, a lowly Saturday ranked... Saturday game. Yeah, Saturday. I think it's against Sandringham. Yep. yep. And a, a lowly ranked opponent in Sandringham. I think but it's they a can, fun day for the it, kids. It is. We'll get to that. But um, Brandon Ryan, the, the, tell me when, if not this week. Mitch Lewis needs this. 
Okay. I know he kicked four. But, but he could have kicked ten, right? <laughs> well, our forward line is still, it's, as I say, it's still in flux. It clearly needs... Oh, I tell you what, flux is something I thought about the forward line. Look, it's been all year and it's been very close to non-functional. Yeah, in well, terms of accuracy on goal, they finally nailed that on the weekend. Yeah. But, you know, even the accuracy of the inside 50s has been poor. Shallow entries or too mm-hmm. deep or ill-directed. It's a whole year. And that is only going to be, let me tell you, that is only going to be fixed at the trade table. It's not going to be fixed through uh, the draft. Look, they've still got five games or so to work something out. To no. start testing stuff. No, not going to happen. You're not going to fix it this late in the season and expect but, it to work next year. I'm not saying... I'm saying that you give guys experience in that part of the ground. And yes, that's Ryan. That's Ramsden eventually. Because he's a forward more than he is a ruck. But Lewis needs another tall target there. Jacker is under enormous pressure yeah. to well, stay on the list. He at the very least played well in the VFL last week. Does he get a chance before Brandon Ryan? No, no, no. Jekka is a defender now. And I think it was the game for Box Hill against Richmond um, mm. that finally convinced me of he is singularly a defender. I don't think we'll ever see him forward again. If the club is being linked to Asava Radagalia, yep. Jekka ain't staying. So Look, that, I, I know that... we've taken on a little bit of a negative tone, but there were some things that... That works oh, I mean, really well. It was terrific for the whole day. But yeah, they were. And, you know, Sisley, Immaculate, Carl Amon is probably one of the greatest trades this year. Yep. Um, James Warple is keeping keeping on building. I was surprised by the lack of touches for Will Day. Like yes, he but he used down, it very well. Yeah, he used it terrifically. He took risks and the mm. risks paid off. It was it was very interesting to see the intelligence of Will Day pick apart, pick apart, pick apart, pick apart, pick apart. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. <laughs> <Am I? laughs> when you see your defence, you sit there and they kick it up Will Day. <laughs> anyway. Such an obscure reference. <laughs> anyway, Will Day, um, the intelligence to pick apart the... Uh, Can't even say it with a straight face. Richmond defence. It was wonderful to see. Jai Newcomb, 30 disposals and a goal. Uh, Sicily, you mentioned before, 28 touches at 92.9% disposal efficiency. A team high and 13 of those contested. Six contested marks, 15 intercept possessions. He is not in the form he was in last year, and yet... Yeah, they're still talking all Australian. Oh, exquisite. Exquisite game from James Sicily. I thought the attack on the football was great all day as well. Yeah, the endeavour was there. I I just think we we got overrun. I, I don't, and we we started at the top by saying this. I kind Let's of, not go back there. No, I'm just saying I kind of liked it for the most part, and to the extent that I back us in against St Kilda, I'm not down on the table. Oh yeah, forty points, please. I watched that game, St Kilda versus North. <laughs> Why they were? What were you hoping? Horrible. For? <laughs> they were absolutely. Well, I was hoping that Ratten could get one over the old mob that sort of said, yeah. And then Rewalt came out during the week and said, oh, their standards are so much better now. Yeah. And then they came out and produced this putrid performance. (laughs) (laughs) I I really wanted Rats to to win that match. But but unfortunately, Liam Shields uh, had to go off with a calf injury at the end of the third quarter. And Mm. uh, basically that provided the uh, gaps in the midfield for for St. Anyway. North could still have won were it not for the umpire intervening. Mm. Mm. So they're no good. Got this question from Jack. Hypothetical, of course, does keeping one of the experienced players in O'Meara, Shields or Tom Mitchell result in the Hawks winning some of the close games and not giving up substantial leads? Uh, This is the last time we'll mention these guys, I think. DKDC? Dunno, don't care? Uh, There's a little bit of that. Um, (laughs) Look, they might have. But that is a 2023 problem. And these guys demonstrably were not carrying us forward. They weren't part of our future. We've seen enough this year. At round 19, it is abundantly clear that that was the right call for the Hawthorne Football Club. Okay, we we know this. We've we've known this for a long time. It's a bit fortuitous because 
you know, we've been statistically one of the worst teams in the last 15 to 20 years. Mm. But there's two other clubs that are, that are much worse yeah. this year. That's true. Uh, and we've taken that opportunity to really blood some fellas. We're not getting a wooden spoon. We're probably getting pick three or four, depending on how mismanaged North Melbourne is. Mm. Um, so I think we've done pretty well. This question from Enns. How would you both compare our last two drafts, mainly C-Mac and Weddle versus Ward and McKenzie? I realise they have different roles. The later picks just seem to have more spark, though. Do we pick safe in our first round, then exciting in our following pick? It certainly seems that way, doesn't it? Well, Weddle, they couldn't believe that he was still available and went and got mm-hmm. him. C-Mac has surprised. Yep. Don't you think? I, I guess it, it, it does bode well when the news that immediately comes out of other camps is that they're furious. You know, that they saw something in Connor McDonald and Hawthorne swooped in. I believe it was Carlton from memory yeah, who really were, hated it. They were furious. I think Essendon as well. But I mean, that doesn't looking. augur well because they don't really nail, <laughs> nail medium to late picks. Well, so. I, I like what I've seen so far from Connor McDonald. Uh, Wards had interrupted. Like, he, he is a, he's a very, very good footballer, but... He's just got to get his body right more often than not. Yeah. And Cam McKenzie is just Rolls-Royce that they're happy to deploy. If he played on the weekend, I'm sure Hawthorne wins, to be quite honest. He's a Rolls-Royce they need to take out of the garage, I think, I mean, at the moment. The, he's just hanging around in the VFL, yeah. racking up numbers, and he well, seems to have so much space. Let's get to those numbers. And, yeah, it's an astute observation, that one. Let's get to Box Hill Hawks, who defeated Richmond by three points. They hung in there. Uh, Cam McKenzie, as you mentioned, 27 touches, seven tackles, and eight clearances. He uh, he seems more than capable. We Underline the tackles. Yep. Because that's intent. That is competitive spirit. And mm-hmm. that is from a bloke that's still a twiglet. Yeah, he is. He, he's still filling out. He, he still looks... Like a kid. And that's not a knock on the guy. That's just the age that he is. Uh, I thought it was impressive. Box Hill rallied from a slow start. Uh, They fought back pretty well. And then it was up to them to hold off a late charge to secure a crucial win. They've gone a game clear from Casey now. We're sitting in the top four with just a month to play in the home and away season. It was James Blank that had a really decisive play right at the end. Under pressure. Yep. He knew what had to be done. Produced a match-winning spoil. That resulted in a rush behind. That enabled us to hold on for the win. I Very mean, clever spoil because he mm. put it through the goals. He wasn't going to give him another chance. Yes, that's right. It wasn't easy to put it through the goals from where he was and he risked putting it out into the open goal face. Uh, really, Box Hill should have won this by more. I mean, plus 31 in disposals, plus 14 inside 50s, plus 6 in clearances, plus 14 in marks. You know... The, the symmetry about it was a little odd. I mean, all told, now that we're removed from both games, Richmond's VFL side came roaring back, and uh, it was up to us to hold on, and we did. Yeah, Cooper Stevens is starting to build a good body of work, as yep. they say. We've um, mentioned it before that Little don't John... Don't think he's going to get the nod, though. Not this week. Or this year. Or this year. No. I think some point before the end of the year he will. Uh, 23 touches, seven clearances, and a goal for Cooper Stevens, who's starting to build that consistency, which Little John keeps on raving about. That's what we need. It's what we want to see from these players. He's one guy that's starting to do it. Jacob Kaczynski, four goals, 13 touches, four marks. He was clearly a vital target. How do you overlook him? Well, that's it. And especially with what he produced earlier in the year against St Kilda. Yeah. (laughs) I mean... Let's have a... Reprise? Yeah, a reprise. An encore. An encore performance. Yeah, I mean, he he was fantastic. Uh, Lloyd Meek, uh, I mean, he dominated. Yeah, he did. And and I mean, look, with everything that happened with Reeves, Meek walks up into the side anyway, but just as well that he played pretty well. Got a goal. Yep, 27 hitouts, 15 touches and a goal. Emerson Jacker, I mentioned already, 20 touches and 11 marks and just was vital and looked so capable, so strong and important to the end result. And Kel Porter and Callum Brown were the engine again. So Yeah, yeah, two VFL-listed guys in terms of doing the tough stuff for the longest. Uh, they were instrumental. Cal Porter with 28 touches. Uh, talk about Rolls-Royce. He just looked fantastic in some of those plays. Um, Callum Brown, 
he's a guy that is averaging 30 plus touches for the season um he'd probably count himself enormously stiff that he's not back on an afl list by now but um he's just kept on keeping on anyway beyond the mid-season draft 36 touches five inside 50s six rebound 50s and seven marks that's that's just nuts and whack was the late inclusion and he kicked the goal too he did. It was a good goal. Uh, Kaczynski with four. Brandon Ryan with two. Butler with two goals, but could have had more. Yet again, Sam Butler's got to take these chances. He's getting plenty of them. Stevens, Morrison, and Meek rounded out the goal kickers. Morrison with another year to run on his contract. Yes, that's right. Yeah, contract to the end of 2024, which is uh, probably just as well for him, because I think otherwise it'd be on a knife's edge. So uh, this week we play Box Hill at 2 o'clock against Sandy. And um, it should be a fairly convincing victory, you'd have to say. Yeah, definitely. We've got them covered in terms of ladder position quite easily. We've had a far more successful year. Box Hill will certainly have some support on hand. We can say that July 29th, uh, Box Hill versus Sandy, it's uh, community day. So there's plenty going on. Face painting, you'll love that. Uh, footy for fun clinics, halftime Oz kick. Uh, I believe it's it's feeder, fighter exhibition match uh hawthorne afl and aflw player appearances signing and photo opportunities hawks giveaways the mascots are there what's really? not to there'll like? be a hawthorne player appearance will there well how many are going to be there i don't know they don't say but there's plenty going on on the community day and hopefully a commanding win over sandy to top it all off and after that commanding win a commanding win against st kilda on the sunday at one o'clock at our home stadium marvel yes that's right it's our home game against st kilda Thanks, AFL. Uh, what do you reckon? Since it's our home game, do you think we could have the roof open during the week? That is the greatest piece of look-over-here nonsense. Oh, isn't it? While my team is absolutely <laughs> putrid and sitting sixth, how on earth that happened, I do not know. Yeah, that's what it was all about. It's PR spin. I mean, they played indoors, let's face it. Yep. It wasn't like they played in the rain. Both teams played the conditions. It wasn't one having an unfair advantage. They're both tenants of Marvel anyway. Who cares? Huge beat up. But, uh, and they shut it two hours earlier than they usually do. Mm. So anyway. Who's coming out of the side? Well, Reeves yep. will miss through suspension. Uh, who else? Well, we're unsure at this Does stage. Does DGB get a reprieve? No, I'd say DGB probably loses his spot based on that. McGuinness? McGuinness, I think they keep him in. I hope Long gets another opportunity. Yeah, same here. Anyone else you're thinking might come out of the side? In terms of out of the side, we're not sure, but there's so many potentials to come in. I mean... You, what did you think of Scrimmer? I don't actually, at this point, remember much about his game. Oh. How was he rated in your in your assessment? I don't know. That's what. That, but he should have an impact. He's a okay. senior player. So if you don't know that he was out there, that might be saying something. Oh, it's just because we're almost a week removed. That's all. He wasn't in my best... Anyway, uh, Meek should come in. Blank has to be in the frame. Ramston, well, he doesn't have any match fitness, but he was maybe getting a look before he got concussed. Uh, Cozzy, Brandon Ryan. Give me Ryan or Cozzy. That's all I want. Well, Richard asks, uh, are you taking Ryan's 15 shots at goal in the last four weeks or Cozzy's four snags in the next week's game? Surely we get another look at Jekka and Sarong in the last few weeks of the year. Now, there's a guy Why not both? Well. Well, why not both indeed? The old El Paso philosophy. Can eh? we get Cozzy and Ryan under the roof at Etihad with Mitch Lewis? Oh, there you go. Triple threat. Yeah, and all you have to do is win it out of the centre and kick it long. Well, that's what I reckon, yeah. And you're only playing one ruck. And they're down a key defender Yep. as of today's training mm-hmm. at St Kilda. I'm thinking, is that 40 points? No, <laughs> you've got money on this. Oh, not yet. Yeah, but you will. Probably. <laughs> I know you. Uh, Jai Sarong was a guy that we didn't mention in the Box Hill recap there. He, he played very well too. He seems to be the go-to guy for one percenters. Huge natural talent. Yes. Jai Sarong. I was hoping we could get his brother out of Frio because mm-hmm. they're tanking. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Do you Either ba- it's the year that, you know, they have to have where they're on the down and then they come up and win a premiership. Mm-hmm. Like Richmond or Melbourne or Long Longmire, uh, Longmire, Longmire is not going anywhere. Uh. <laughs> You're a bit down on yourself for that flop. I am because yeah. <laughs> I thought to myself as I went into that phrase, 
don't say long <laughs> Self-fulfilling prophecy <laughs> exactly. in, a, in a very strange way. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, mate, we, we seem to be feeling quite confident about this Saints game. Does it have anything to do with the fact that... They're terrible. Well, well, we beat them already. Right, okay? yeah. So that must help our yep. confidence. The fact with, you know, what you saw on the weekend against oh. North... Jeez, Liam Shields was good against them. So, guy in his twilight of his career. Yeah. Oh, he's putting his hand up for another contract. Don't you? Don't you doubt that? Anything's possible at North, mate. Could get another contract for Apart sure. Apart from Mackay staying, I think. Well, actually, <laughs> just, yeah, we'll rule that out. Could come to Hawthorne yet. Ooh. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll get to. Oh, some... we're just putting our hand up for everyone, are we? It does seem like it, and we'll get to that in a moment. But first of all, some you're social tired, media. You're poor. You're... <laughs> Some social media stuff. It'd be awesome and much appreciated if you could spare a moment to leave a rating and even a review of our show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to our show. It always brightens our day to see him and it helps attract fellow hawkers to the podcast too. Uh, Meanwhile, as always, we'd love for you to join the conversation with us across our social channels. Get on board with us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And finally, the podcast wouldn't be what it is without the support of our proud, passionate and paid up Patreon subscribers. So a massive thanks to all of you lovely people. We really appreciate you supporting the show and making a very real contribution towards what we produce week to week for everyone else who's not on board yet if you're interested in supporting us and joining us uh head to patreon.com slash hawk talk pod so dingley buggered we're not going is that right sam edmund caro they've all told us don't do it hawthorne don't be successful don't have big dreams stay in your short trousers <laughs> stay in your lane well i mean we cannot stay at Waverley. We're too... We're, we've outgrown it. There's nowhere for the AFLW. There's hardly mm. enough room for the men's group. Yep. This isn't, this isn't an option. So whatever the board are doing, they've got to do it better. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. When this report first came out from Sam Edmund about the, uh, the board rumblings and the going well, on... We'd, we'd had rumbling. We'd, we'd heard rumblings for a little while. Yeah. There's a few people who've been... Uh, not vocal in their displeasure, but there were certainly rumblings about changes. Yes. People who were involved with the project earlier no longer wanted to be associated with the project going forward. Mm-hmm. And that's never a good tell. So, But in terms of this report from Sam, uh, cost blowouts and delays. I mean, that's just Victoria. Well, I heard that. I went, yeah, probably. <laughs> don't, don't need to read the rest of this article. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. (laughs) Uh, The the article continues. Setbacks in the preparation and construction of the elite training and administration base. So you agree it's elite, Sam? Okay. To be... Not yet. Not even there. (laughs) It's elite soil. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even that is actually a bit of a problem with the methane and so forth. But anyway, to be built on a former Dingley landfill site has also divided the Hawks board reportedly. It's understood Good. multiple... There's meant to be divisions in the board. I don't want a now, unanimous we, board. We discussed this at the pub. Explain why. Because it keeps the bastards honest. <laughs> okay. We're getting a little bit democratic here. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit democrat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's... <laughs> cool. Yes. But, yeah, that's... You need to have friction What you're saying is level. you don't want it to be a cult. <laughs> now we've got enough of that. <laughs> uh, cult <laughs> is encouraged in the membership department. All for the cult there. Don't worry about any yep. of the results, nothing. Yep. Uh, and keep paying your fees. You don't want the cult bleeding into board level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. No, that's fair enough. I understand that. And we, we have the skill at board level for them to be able to work through the arguments about why it's it's quite good to actually spend that amount of money making yep. Hawthorne probably future-proof. Mm. Going forward. So you pro- probably want a bit of healthy negotiation about these things. Well, you also... You know, you need to get people's egos involved. It's understood multiple board members don't want the project to go ahead. Budgeted to cost $103 million and expected to be finished by mid-2024. There's no way it's finishing then. (laughs) The facility will now cost millions more than that and be delayed for up to 12 months. Insiders said the project had fallen victim to being undermanaged as much as construction complexities. Undermanaged is a very big problem. Mm. Who is not putting their ego on the line for this project. Yes, and what are they the doing instead? that is the first way to fail. That is the first <laughs> way to fail. If nobody's identifying themselves as being in control, yeah. then they just pass the buck 
and no one's responsible. Is there any way, even if we wanted to, is there any way back from this? It feels like maybe we've walked too far down the path on the Dingley project. Is I, that, that's my sense of it. This, my sense is that we've outgrown where we are. Yeah. We need to find, in the Dare to Be Different Committee or somewhere else, Does that exist ways to generate enough funds to get this done, and the quicker the better. Because running two sites, obviously entails more mm-hmm. costs. Mm-hmm. I agree with you that there needs to be change. I don't really care if it's Dingley, I, wherever, but we have outgrown our current facilities. I mean, hell, mate, I was at the museum today and that could use some more space. So Yeah, well, I mean, and they get donations and I don't know where all the donations go because there's not enough room. Well, I can tell you where they go. There's, sort of, there's a certain section of the museum don't, where they're nah, in a- if you're going to say it's poorly handled, people aren't going to stop no, I'm not, I'm not donating. On the contrary, I'm saying it's magnificently handled, oh. and, it's, and it's a credit to well, it's just the the in prestige. All those locked drawers you walk past, and you're like, oh, I wonder what's in there. Well, it's the prestige and the privilege of being a Hawthorne supporter that clearly, uh, and, and it's a magnificent museum. And Peter Habe's got yet more work to do because people donate stuff. And there's a section of the museum where it's like, oh, what, that stuff. Not another bloody um, dreadlocks of Stratton. I can't stand these things. What am I going to do with all these wigs? Is that that Peter? Sounds no, a, that, sounds that, a bit like it's Peter, more the do- domain of the of Hawks Nest, I would say, rather than the museum. Um, but no, the museum has so much stuff, and, and still more stuff coming in. They're an artifact of more. Poor choices from Hawk's Nest. Did you see their lovely tonal range they've gone with? I don't know what they're doing. Don't know what they're doing with the tonal range. I mean, that's just a layup for for all your great work on, uh, on Red, Red Bubble. Bubble. Yeah. Oh. Cheaper and, and, you know, more unique. Yeah, search Hawk Talk Podcast on Red Bubble. If you want something that looks faintly like it's Hawthorne related, that's why I don't understand. Like has- the stained glass... Will Day, I've still got that shirt. It's 50, great. 50 games for Will Day this week. Yeah. Yep, notching it up. No well, better I, time to buy a T-shirt. I tell you what, when you see some of these names hit 50 games, let's say 80. Mm. When you've got 80 into uh, Day and Newcomb and Reeves even, Brockman, if he's still with us, and, and Ward, mm-hmm. like, Seamus Mitchell, 80 games. They're yep. going to be very good players. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I do wonder, you know, he, he, he got Carl Amon from Port Adelaide, and Port Adelaide are very good. So mm. the salesmanship of Sammy Mitchell, I don't think I have to worry about. I think we've got some big names on the way. All right. That's a nice, neat little segue. I don't feel like I was done talking about the magnificence and the majesty of our Hawks Museum, but we'll move on. Well, cause... have they made provision for it in the plants? At Dingley. Well, this is my point. The museum needs more space because it is, it's bloody brilliant and there's still more stuff coming in. We're, our history is so storied and so proud. Do you think we could, like, loan it out? What like, do you mean? Well, St Kilda's there with a cabinet. <laughs> nothing in it. Yeah. Frio's over there. They've got a big cabinet as well. Nothing in it. Here's I, a, have a loan I program. must admit, I must admit, when I visited the museum today to, to get uh, with, a- with the old man <laughs> photos with the cups, it did cross my mind. There's nothing that looks like this at Moravin. <laughs> what have they got? They've got nothing in cabinets. What have they done? Nothing. Uh, I, I feel like you were you were edging towards um, talking about some of our potential off-season targets, of which all of a sudden there are numerous. Yeah. Certainly rumoured anyway. Zach Fisher. That, that, that came out of nowhere for me. Mm-hmm. Yay or nay? I really don't see that working. I, and I don't see him being that different to what we've already got. Yeah, correct. That, that was my reservation there as well. What about this one? Who I think will be snapped up by Port, but we'll see. Asava Radigalea. I see the idea. He's come from a very, very good defence. Mm-hmm. Knows exactly how the best defences are structured, and he would be a fantastic um, intercept mark. Yeah, it's in um, service of supporting Sicily, I would say. Yeah. I mean, that really frees up Sicily to devastating effect on the opposition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I just... I... And also, why wouldn't and he... also, Frost goes to to a weaker opponent as well. Yeah, but I mean, why wouldn't he go to Port Adelaide though? I think most players they had the opportunity. I I thought there was a height limit at Port Adelaide. <laughs> 
Isn't there a height limit? They're not allowed more than two blokes no, over no, no, six no. foot you, in you, the side? You misheard. There's a height limit <laughs> for poor Dutch legs. Got to it's keep the so lid weird. On. They've got no tall defenders. It's quite strange. Well, I think you'll end up there because who wouldn't want to go there? They're right in the window right now. Uh, strong words from Stevie J on one Liam Ryan. Yeah, well, he's always one with the good oil, Stevie J, isn't he? <laughs> I've never heard him go with a rumour before. Neither have I. It was that, quite strange. And that makes me wonder if it might be true. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Um, Liam Ryan. Okay, he's uh, he's exciting. He brings people... He's a showstopper. Yeah. He brings them to the game. Mm-hmm. So, could be fun to have him and... Do you think if you get someone like Liam Ryan mm. and does that give a new uh, lease on the contract to Chad Wingard? Because he's... Uh, he's- He's, yeah. a, he's a high-pressure forward, Liam Ryan. Well, it could be a, a delicious combination to, to have both of those guys yeah. running around for Hawthorne. I mean, and, that, and Moore and Conor yeah. McDonald. If you're talking about devastating Bruce, effect, yeah, not a bad... Well, it gets really exciting there, doesn't it? It does. Well, you get another 20 games into Conor McDonald. He's remarkably consistent. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I don't mind it. I think I like being linked to this many because we've got... Huge amount of cash. Yeah, Ben Mackay as well. He's said to be going to Essendon, but who knows? Yeah, because you really loved his game the other week. Yeah, no, I absolutely did not. You don't trash talk players very much, but... No, I don't. Ben Mackay copped it. <laughs> Some of the vision was pretty poor. He was he was much better against <laughs> went to St Kilda, i got to say. Went to affect a contest 30 metres away, leaving Mitch Lewis all by himself towards the goal square. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> From yeah. one of their senior senior most players. How many games has he played? It's more than most I've of them no in the North. But he doesn't have a good at average appearances each year. Well, he doesn't have a good average win win rate, as I pointed out. Well, he, that's hardly his fault. Like, Does he play in the team or not? Yes. But- and excuse me, it's hardly my fault. <laughs> so don't put it back on me. He's hardly in the team, and then when he is, they still lose. <laughs> A sorry state of affairs. Hey, I thought we'd end on one last uh, red time item here. This question from Tim. What's your favourite piece of Hawthorne-related live commentary? Is it 13 or no. is it something else? Is it that for you? Uh, well, I, I suppose the question prompted me to consider other calls. And one that came to mind was uh, about due unlikely bulky hero. Yeah. The other one came against um, Fremantle. as a grand final rematch in 2014. Uh, and I think it was the it's the team goal where Bruce is calling it. Yeah. What does he say? Like, it stays in, go on, oh, yes, now it gets very interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, where, yeah. where you just sense that, and we know he's not a Hawthorne fan. And then, so and this then, is just Bruce being a pure football fanboy who is just salivating at what's unfolding in front of him. Yeah, the best part of that is is Bruce balking Ruffy to kick the goal. <laughs> <laughs> There's um I've got a weird, a weird soft spot. I don't think it's a great call, but I've got I've got a soft spot for uh, BT calling um, Rioli from outside. I thought you were going to go. With, I thought you were going with that was out of bounds. Oh. <laughs> that was out of bounds. No, Laidler, I'm Puapolo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, that is one of the worst no, calls the, of the, all time. The one I want. He sets you did you see Eddie? Eddie had a good go at them today. He said, mm. "Be a bit more," and I, I hesitate to use Elvis Presley, but a little less conversation. Yeah, correct. And I, and the other point that Eddie was making in the in that minute miniature rant was um, the pull pull wider. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. With, I, the, video, with the yeah. Television. I want to see more of the play. I want to see the outlets there. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the piece of commentary uh, that I have a soft spot for was was on Rioli's birthday, kicked the winner at the SCG. Uh, you know, I think it was something like, has Rioli got the journey? He has! He has! He has! And just, I don't know. I He's think kicked being, the goal, Cyril! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think being there really helped that one. I don't think it's a great call in and of itself, but, I mean, hell, that's what I was feeling. So I think, I think the best one... And, and it happens in the aftermath of the mm. contest. And it's uh, Bruce just talking to the mic, going, they've never been better than this. They've never been better than this. Yeah. Yeah. A masterpiece. That's exactly what it was. It was incredible. 
when you look back on it. I don't know why, but the dentist one that comes to mind is, oh, what a terrible compromise <laughs> with <laughs> Brian Lake. He, oh, yeah. Smothering the ball. Yeah, yeah. What about, um, what about uh, he's been a luxury? Yes, <laughs> yep. And that's uh, that was a that's a pivotal moment in the, the whole thing. The little man higher for longer than all around him. Now that's Hutto. Isn't yeah, it? it's Hutto. Yeah, with uh, Puopolo. I'm telling you, mate. I said it before, talking about the museum. We are privileged as Hawthorne fans to barrack for this great club. And then early on, I think my favourite commentary was uh, talk about a he-man. <laughs> <laughs> We've had some fantastic. No, we haven't even mentioned buddies. Kicking the second goal from the boundary line on the run against Essendon. (laughs) Or uh, Warples kicking the goal against Essendon. And then, is it it Gary Lyon or bloody um, Brereton? I I can never work it out. Who says, ha, ha. Ha, ha. I've I've always thought it was Lyon. Okay. Yeah. The the committee one with with Buddy's second goal. He can't bounce it through. He puts it through on the fold. (laughs) Am I right with that reading? Right. People message you at Hawk Talk Pod on Twitter. <laughs> Tell me if I'm getting any of these right. And one of the other ones that I really enjoyed, because I was there on the day for the Collingwood where Stratton handballs from the ground it's to just Buddy the hurdle. and the hurdle. The hurdle. Yeah. And he kicks the goal. And then I heard the commentary later that evening. An MCG special from Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so quick, that goal. Oh, hang on. It is a good kick. It is a great kick. It's, it's one for the ages. That. Makes a big statement. <laughs> oh, and then in the 2008 grand final, there's the goal that finally is kicked by Willow. Yes. And that other commentary that um, was prophetic. Because if you go back, you can hear Bruce be a bit pro- prophetic about where the game's going to go, yeah. which is uncanny, by yes. the way, because yep. they're, they're very unlikely to get any of those things yeah. right is, these is, days. Is it McAvaney saying that, oh, I feel like Geelong's hanging on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he, but he also, someone says, uh, Buddy can light a fire Yeah, that's committee. He can that's light committee. a fire. Yeah, and the smoke is starting to rise. Yeah, it's yeah. just wonderful. All these little... They're little um, touchstones, really. You hear these mm-hmm. phrases and you get the feeling... You had in that moment watching it. Hodges done it from nowhere. <laughs> is it, I mean, this is indulgent. Isn't oh, it? This but is it's fun. It is. It is very fun. Opening the little memory banks to stuff like this. Oh, there's, there's one. I'll never hear it again. But listening to the radio, and uh, we're down at the cattery, mm. and Harford kicks a magnificent goal from the boundary line mm. and we beat him off that kick. And I I've probably never I can still feel a moment, but I have no idea what was said, but I remember that was just terrific. Listening. Well, mate, we do a podcast. We broadcast to thousands. Um we're connected with thousands on, on our socials. If anyone has that clip, if anyone has anything to do with that game, hit us up at Hawk Talk Pod. Of course, the best commentary I've ever done was, uh, I think it was Chris Barlow against Melbourne. And, um, of course, just, it's against Melbourne. And I'm just sitting there, and I turned to Dad, and I've gone, Chris Barlow, kick a boomerang, yeah? Flicked it over the back, Chris Barlow boomerangs it straight through. One of those moments in life where you can just stand up and be, that's it for me. You know, I could never have gone back to the G after that, I reckon. Be happy. That was terrific. I've got two more. And then we have to call it, okay? Because we could do this all night and I have to edit this. But you call things too. And then it happens. What do you mean? Oh, every now and again. It's usually Mitch Lewis. I think it's probably... (laughs) I know him too well. (laughs) That's what that is. All right, I've got two more. Ben Dixon kicking the goal after the siren against Carlton. Yeah. They're doing a war dance. This is crazy, he says. Is is that... Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, and the other one, uh, which I'm getting it confused and muddled in my head but i think it's michael christian calling lance franklin's goal in the 2007 elimination final against adelaide Rashudo's yeah. last game was it his last game was it yeah well, there you go well, that's been consigned to history no one talks about that <laughs> oh that was the end of that crow's era that game because there's a few just hanging on okay and uh they had some very good players but yeah that feeling of people were dancing and jumping yeah. up and down after that goal. I've been a while. Uh, I've said it many times on this podcast. I almost fainted. <laughs> Genuinely, I think it's one of the only times in my life I've almost lost consciousness because I was just 
cheering that hard? Well, I went to the game on the weekend with a with a couple of girls who don't usually go to the football mm. all that often. Mm. And they got right into it. I could see the blood pressure rising. <laughs> and they took a good 20, 30 minutes to get over the fact that Hawthorne had lost. And I thought, fabulous. I might have actually got you hooked. Oh, wow. Okay. I guess it is a rush, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, they could not look away, and yet they couldn't watch. It was that kind of... <laughs> Yeah, feeling. That's a little bit what I go through. Yeah. So I empathise with that. Anyway, mate, we have to wrap up. I suspect it will be a different story this week. I back us in. Look, we didn't get the result against Richmond, but there was a lot to like and certainly, you know, some patches of some of our best footy. And if we bring anything like that against St Kilda, who seem to be on the downturn. Oh, we can go on a run against them. Yeah, you, you seem to back us in by 40 points. I, I'm not going to say it's that much, but uh, I, I think we get the job done. Like, there here. might be an inconsistency of effort. But unless they've been putting in some really hard yards on the track, I don't understand how St Kilda could come back from what they were putting up against North. Well, I see you there, mate. Are you going to sit oh, with me? It's so hard to convince again? people to go this week, I've got to say. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> oh, what? It's not a blockbuster? Yeah, what, just, what are you trying to say? No, I bloody marvel. Everyone hates it. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> look, I have already penciled in two people to go to the Box Hill instead. They're like, I've... I'll go to Box Hill, but I'm not going to marvel. That, that is, uh, it speaks well of City Oval, though, doesn't it? It does. It's got the community day out there. It's going to be should good be, fun. It should be good weather, actually. It's a good weekend for footy. you got Box Hill on a Saturday. Pretty good chance of a win, must be said. Pretty good chance of a win at Marvel Stadium, our home game. Wear your tonals. <laughs> I will do no such thing. I'll be wearing the brown and gold as it's meant to be, supporting and cheering on the boys. We'll be back next week for another edition of the Hawk Talk podcast, win, lose, or draw. Hopefully thumping the Saints, if you don't mind. Sicily could get 50 touches. I'm serious. <laughs> Playing in the forward line. <laughs> oh, We're a happy team at Hawthorne, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>